Hello everyone, welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. <laughs> You're shaking your head at me already. I was just listening and then you started laughing and I was like, she's going to hit stop and re-record, isn't she? <laughs> okay, so our last episode, we did the 19 things I learned in 2019 and we ended on this very beautiful high note of how important it is to have an amazing partner next to you and how they can absolutely change your experience being a content creator, being your own boss. And so for this episode, I wanted to bring on my partner, Dylan. Hi. Hi. You don't you don't say my name much. Yeah. 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 It's always just Beb. Hey Beb. Beb, Beb, give me an ice cream. (laughs) Can you give me some water, Beb? That's exactly what I sound like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're going to get into a few different things today. We're going to talk about kind of what we went through in 2019 and wrap up our years together and talk about how we're changing in 2020. So we both went through a cancellation. We're going to talk about being canceled and what that was like and how to support a partner through that process. We'll talk about how our streams have changed and how we kind of learned from those changes, what we're going to do in 2020 to either come back from those failures or keep going with those successes. We'll talk about the heart support. I almost did it again. You almost said Hearthstone. Yes, I did. You don't even like I that do game. She don't, don't even go here. <laughs> I don't even go here. We'll talk about the heart support gala and St. Jude and what those experiences were like for us and how important charity is to success and growth as a creator. Then we'll talk about like our changes for 2020. So before we get into all of this, though, I just want to let y'all know if you did not listen to the last episode or if you're tuning in for the first time, all of this streamer education content, everything that I've been making over the past forever years it feels like but really it's only been like two or three it's all kind of into its own brand now it's going into a completely different direction aside from just ashney being involved we got this entire team that's coming in so everything is going into the stream coach tv section uh if you are interested in learning more about we just launched a six-week program. We have one-on-one coaching that's coming out. We've got ebooks and courses and all this other stuff that we're doing. If you're interested in any of that or learning more about being a streamer, being a content creator, making sure that you can do this full-time in a way that will prevent you from having to go back to the nine-to-five job, um, if this is truly your passion, this is the place that you want to be. So make sure you go to streamcoach.tv. You can sign up to hear more about anything that we've got coming up in that realm. There's also going to be a lot of free stuff, too, because as this podcast has always been free, we want to make sure that we have something for literally everyone. So if you can't uh, afford this big program, which is our premium offer, if you can't get down with like the one on one stuff or, or if we do group coaching in the future, that's totally OK. We want to make sure that we have resources for everyone available. So streamcoach.tv check that stuff out let's get into our episode speaking of cancellation streamcoach.tv <laughs> it's a really good parlay if you think about it like how much shit you face just for having 
a business that people somehow think is controversial. Like education in any space is not controversial, but mm. you know. That's very true. Yeah. Coaching shouldn't be controversial considering it's literally in one of the the most uh, important industries, I would say, to especially American cultures. Like, I'll tell you what's been canceled. Education in America. Am dang. I right? Oh, we get Betsy DeVos. Now, boys. Dang. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, this is going to complete. We have some going rum. <laughs> We're, no, I, we're I, I, filming this the day after Christmas, and also we're drinking, so yeah, this is because our relationship. Follow up. <laughs> I mean, I think, I don't know, it's just the minute that, like, education, like, when somebody, it's always this interesting dichotomy, right? It's a dude with 100 followers on Twitter and 100 followers on Twitch being like, you shouldn't need stream coaching, or it's literally yeah. one of the OGs that came up on the platform when it was still fresh and young. They've been doing it for seven years, and... By all means, mm-hmm. their channel would not survive as a new channel today. Yes. The exact they're and they're both saying stream coaching shouldn't have been a thing, but you I mean, you were kind of canceled for a while, people, you know, retweeting, subtweeting, being like, if there were two sides, there was always the and I, I lived on this ship at one point where I was like, if you need a coach, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um and then there are the people that are like, education's good. You should like always seek to learn from people who have succeeded ahead of you. And if they're willing to, if you, if you're willing to pay for that, you're willing to pay for that. Uh, I've since changed, mm-hmm. obviously my opinion. And, and I think I've matured a lot, but I think to, to look back and go like, sometimes people can't just take a YouTube video or they can't look at someone else and just absorb information and go, ah, they got from point A to point B. Sometimes they need a little bit more direction, a little bit more right. instruction, a little bit more so provocation. What I, I guess let's get into mine before. Yeah, no, that's I, I set you up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you did. You did very good. So before. Uh, I think a, a lot of you have listened to this. something that happened to me early in March. 17? Or is it this of, year? I think it was March of 2000. Actually, I nope, I lied. It was December 2018, I believe. So. Somewhere in the winter, 2018, early 2019, um, I made a tweet, and I've talked about this on the show before, where I shared what was working for my clients. And it was that uh, streaming less was actually making people grow more. To my knowledge, I was the first person to say this before literally bit. everyone. I know. I, I, I'm sure I'll admit, I scoffed at it. So yeah. I said streaming less was more important. So you stream three days a week. You make YouTube videos once or twice a week. You have a podcast. You are active on social media. It was basically me advocating for diversification and how that was working for all of my clients. And now you see like all these other people. Fast forward to a year later, you feel pretty good about yourself. Yeah. And now everyone else is like, diversification. Yeah, because it is really important. And it was very obvious, especially whenever you're spending your job like coaching people, right? So my cancellation was that I made this tweet that got, I don't know, 350 retweets at the time. It wasn't like super huge or anything. It's fairly large. Was, the the okay. likes on that are what, like three or four? Definitely not my, uh, I have no idea. I'm just saying your largest likes. Tweet, but... 
But it, it definitely wasn't the largest by any means. Maybe like top 20 or something. But we had like Lyric was calling me out. Professor Broman was calling me out. Which is, uh, can I comment on the fact people. that he does his own like weird stream advice thing? It's not weird. It's just his own stream advice Broman's thing. Great. Like, I like Broman. His advice is good. I, I, don't, I don't have an issue with him. But to call someone else who's doing stream advice out instead of... Like, if you're in the education space to just call someone out versus having conversation always just rubs me as a, you're on the same terrain. Yeah. And you're not, So I think there's, a, there's a miscommunication. It's always strange. I know with, with Broman, he loves, like, charity is his big thing, and we'll get into that later. But, like, his big thing is raising money, and he's... He's one of those people Guardian who are guard, from man. the he's yeah. for, he's from the old guard. He truly believes that you should do things out of the goodness of your heart. And granted, he does have King's Coast, like his coffee business is his business, and right. he makes money there. But also, it's very, I think, uh, it's very telling of the older generation of of streamers who believe everything should be done for free, and how that's like perpetuated throughout our culture for this the longest time Mm -hmm. to have someone like myself come in and say, Hey, my time is valuable and you should pay me for it is very scary for a lot of them because it kind of bucks what they've expected. I think it's interesting because you also put yourself in the fray as a woman. And the minute you put yourself as a woman who has clients and goes against every single kind of like, because the old guard is primarily masculine and it's, I came up on Twitch when it was just in TV or I came up on Twitch and it was brand new. I'm not going to lie. And like, I'm not going to mince words and I'm not trying to be controversial, but a lot of people that are large streamers now would not survive as new streamers today. They just wouldn't. And that's, it's interesting that I don't think that people reflect upon how their journey existed. So for somebody to be like, everything should be done for free. I think there's, it's a poor business model and it really speaks to how a lot of people may own businesses, but may not understand how to operate streaming and content as a business, right? Cause Roman can definitely sell coffee and King's Coast is really profitable for them. But I don't know that maybe Twitch and entertainment as a business is a forte and not to like, I'm not trying to call him around or anything, but I think when you look at content and you say it should all be free, that just goes against mm, the grain of everything right. we look at and see in modern day. And when Which, you, when you teach people like here, pay me, my time's valuable let me help to educate you on what I've learned and put you on a better path that's more direct, more interesting, and it isn't relying on your ability to interpret and uh, and apply information that you can get on YouTube, right? Because you've always had free content. You've always had mm-hmm. things that can be consumed for free. But the course, or not, well, the course that you just released and your new, like your your coachings you've been doing for a while, those aren't for the people that can and and will absorb and apply information those are for people that feel lost and like i don't know how to apply this information mm-hmm. i don't know how this applies to me i don't understand i want to make it but i do not understand what this you made a video about uh twitter following how do i apply this to myself i there's there's some steps missing i don't think we live in a world where like this isn't darwinism right where it's like if you can't apply this you are going to die and not evolve anymore you know what i mean like I think people should be able to be given a helping hand. And if people are willing to pay for that helping hand, I don't see the problem. Obviously the world was divisive about this, but I don't think everything should be free, especially if you're helping people to build their futures, their lives, their careers. Yeah. So I had a lot of people come after me for that. It was, 
the like lyric Roman Shannon C. Killer who manages <laughs> her uh, husband now, Sacral, and her stuff hit really hard because she's someone that I respected for a long time. But then there were like lots of other people that I know, and it's so weird because we'll get into this in a second. I don't I don't want to like bring this up super right now. But whenever I got canceled, having all those people come after me that half of them I really respected because they had been in the community for so long or they were someone that I thought that I vibe, vibed with, that like I had a relationship with, feeling like I didn't matter to them anymore because it was either cool to hate on me or they just like... Were Showing le- that one difference angry. in opinion is all it takes. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. which is okay. Like normal relationships, normal friendships, people differ on things. But whenever you have this like differentiation and opinion on social media, a lot of people, especially from the outside, can view it as like, oh, these two people hate each other. And so they'll like go in on it. Or even you can feel like, oh, my God, this person absolutely hates me because I'm defined by this singular characteristic, which just isn't true. So do you want to tell everyone how you were canceled? Yes. Yeah. Talk so about your cancellation. I was finding my place on Twitch this year and we can talk like more in depth about that. But like with mental health, my story is really important to me. How I almost killed myself, how I went through a journey of like mental health with being what I now know to be misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder, uh, properly diagnosed with generalized anxiety uh, at a very young age with very tumultuous childhood. Um, and then telling my story of how that influenced my Twitch existence and, and finding a community of people on Twitch that wanted to share their own stories, I started to figure out how I can further try to help people refine themselves and be put on a better path while also knowing that my time is valuable. Um, so I started doing what I considered to be, so I, I put something out on Patreon for a while uh, and I and it, it was further refined later, but it was... I want to not, I want to do, I want to sit down with people and have almost like AA meetings, almost like a, like a group of people that are struggling with their mental health. They sit down and they just talk stuff out and they kind of have this group of people that get it and it takes the stress off. It takes the edge off. And I wanted to run that through Patreon and I, it wasn't like coaching, like I'm sitting there giving advice to people, but it was like people listening. Now, obviously when you pay for mental health, anything, there's a lot of expectation and influence that comes in with that. And so when I initially posted this, I, I didn't get a great response and I see why now definitely I can own that. And so I, I pulled it down. So later I went with the angle of still, uh, like three months later, I went with the angle of kind of more life coaching. We weren't going to really talk about your mental health. We weren't going to talk about, about like if you had anxiety, we weren't really going to stress about that too much. We weren't going to talk about that. I wanted to sit down and help people set goals for their future and do something more life coaching. Now, life coaching in the United States isn't largely, um, it's not regulated. So there's not like you have to have a license or you don't, it depends state to state. And it's, it's kind of a wild West out for, for life coaching. And you see a lot of people on Instagram become famous life coaches kind of out of the blue and, some of them do get licenses and some don't. And the, oh, wow, almost the like different... streaming is the Wild West and people get famous for that. Weird. Right, yeah. So I did uh, a bit of, I tried that where I was like, let's sit down and see like what are your goals for the future and how you can attain them, whether it's streaming or fitness or whatever. 
I want to be a motivator for you and somebody who holds you accountable, not somebody who talks about your past so much, but somebody who talks about your present and your future and what we can do to help you achieve that. And I was going at that for a while and nobody really noticed it didn't grow. It didn't blow up and people weren't really paying me for it. But somebody came into my stream one day, somebody who was a broadcaster who I thought I was pretty close with. We've literally hugged before at several events, uh, different Twitch meetups or at TwitchCon. And they lurked very quietly and they absorbed what I said. Now, somebody came in and talked about their depression and their anxiety and like some choices they were making. And what I basically the boiled down version of this, because it was so long ago, I don't remember everything exactly. But my, my version, because there's different versions, depending on who you ask, obviously, is. Uh, he, I, I told him, Hey man, don't, don't choose to, like, here are your choices, but don't choose to wallow. Don't choose to, you know, continue to drink from a poisoned well.'t choose to engage in poor behaviors, right? We can't Don't choose, choose to be depressed. We right. Well, we can't choose mental illness. We can't choose the the hand that's dealt to us, but we can choose reactions to it. No matter what you think, that's the hard truth is we can choose our reactions. It takes training for some people. I have borderline personality disorder. I understand that it takes a lot of training and malleability on my point to be able to choose my reactions. But basically, I let him know like, hey, man, you know, don't don't choose to go down a bad path because you you may have depression and certain diagnosed uh, disorders, but you can make choices behaviorally. You can choose to lash out or not in certain ways. Now, I was subtweeted simultaneously while my broadcast was going on Twitter, and basically, I was framed as somebody who. Uh, was telling people not to choose their mental illness, which somebody who has mental illness saying that is preposterous and should be a red flag for a lot of people. And people should start asking questions. But I was I was framed as somebody who was asking a person not to choose depression, not to choose to be sad. I was framed as somebody who was manipulative and trying to milk others as money. And I was framed as somebody who was basically saying that I was a therapist and that real therapists, you, you should come to me on my Patreon and not go to therapy. Now, obviously, it's a preposterous position to take, and we're going to kind of, I guess, parlay a little bit into uh, cancellation being laced with good intentions. The person who lurked on my stream and made this Twitter post, I'm sure had great, uh, they, they were angry at the time, and they, they were admittedly angry through their thread, and what they, what they kind of said was not the whole truth, but probably their angry interpretation of the truth without sitting down to think about it. So... The important thing about cancellation is that it's laced with good intentions. They were trying to warn people, like, don't take advice from streamers that talk about mental health or see a therapist or see professionals. That's what their intentions were. But it came off as they tweeted about me in such a way like that was so obviously about me. It, it basically said everything but my name. You know, it said that I had an ebook that was coming out. It said that I was doing X, Y, Z things like people could trace it to me easily if they were ran in the same circles. And if they didn't, it wouldn't take a lot of digging. So they what they wanted to do was put out a warning like, hey, be sure that you're talking to therapists and not just taking streamers advice as golden rule. But what they actually said was, hey, this person is doing something that's despicable and evil and I hate them for it. Maybe not even that I hate them for it, but you should be angry. But you're angry. Do you, at this point, do you, like, agree with that person's position? I agree with what I believe they're interpreted, what I interpret their feelings as, which don't take streamers' advice as gold rule. Always seek therapy. 
I'm in therapy actively current and have been for six months. I think that it's very important to seek a non-biased third party with professional license and experience. Is every therapist going to fit you? Absolutely not. Just like not every friend is going to be your best friend and every person you meet is going to be your best friend. Not every therapist is going to mesh with you in the way that you communicate and love and build and, and that's okay. But therapy is very important and therapists Mm -hmm. need therapy. Is it okay to have a friend to have a group of peers who understand and can guide you to therapy? Yes, because there are so many people that are resistant to the idea of clinical treatment because the word clinical reminds us all of very sterile white laboratories where we're rats to be studied. You know, what's funny is like a month ago, I saw someone that I follow on Twitter uh, (laughs) was talking about all of these mental health startups. And there was this this huge, huge national publication that was talking about like what mental health startups need to know, which is essentially what we were trying to create was something that was for the mental health community. But obviously we wanted to do, well, maybe not obvious to people outside of our circles, because I think objectively when you see, oh, this person said, don't choose depression. Like, you can't be objective about that. You can't be like, well, maybe, you know, unless you've been through cancellation. But, like, obviously someone like us, we would say, you know, yes, absolutely, we want you to pursue therapy, but also we realize that the problem is not everyone can afford it. So how do we, like, how do we create a solution for that problem which isn't wrong to want a solution for that that's why seven cups exist that's why heart support exists that's why like so many of these other mental health spaces have been created so yeah uh that like i think both of our cancellations for us the thing both of us learned was that we have a lot to learn (laughs) i think i think i mean people always have a lot to learn and that's something that the twitch community still isn't really willing to admit yet and that's unfortunate is that the people out there that subtweet or call others out i i I don't and i mean it's always situational right like there are some people that do like terrible 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 things and 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 that it's a different story right but i think there were i had friends during my cancellation that straight up were like, I can't believe you crossed that line. We're done. And I never got, I never got a question as to like, Hey, what were your intentions here? I heard the story, but like, what is, what is your truth? And I'll find my truth in the middle. It's a shame when you lose close friends because they see like lots of negativity coming for you. Yeah. It's, it it really hurts. And people (laughs) label that as like clout chasing, like, Oh, you're just, you know, you're just hating on someone for the likes or for the follows. And sometimes it is cool to hate somebody. But also I get that. But also it's cool to like, well, and it's, it's easy. It's easy to rally behind a group. Well, you have to think of too, our industry are all people that are banking their entire living on their reputation. And so if like, thousands of people are hating on a person like both of our situations to go against that is career suicide so you stay silent that is career suicide or or you yeah you stay silent like the people that did rally in my defense or the people that did reach out to me and that some of them are incredibly popular individuals i won't name them here because it's none of it, it doesn't matter but there were so many people that slid in my dms and said hey man i know you i know how you operate and i understand that you may have taken a misstep And I hope that you've learned from this, but I'm still on your side and we're still friends. To the people that did say that to me, 
I love you and I appreciate you. To the people I've mended fences with since like all of since maybe cutting me off or being less than ideal. Yeah, that's great. I, I don't really hold a lot of ill will because I learned a lot from cancellation. But at the same time, I would urge everybody to think twice about someone's reputation before publicly attacking them or just ask them for clarification. If it's somebody yeah. you know and you go, that doesn't sound like them, but you don't ask them, you're part of a problem. So next is, since we were both canceled, mm-hmm. how, if you are a partner or a friend to someone, how do you support someone through a cancellation? It's tough. I mean, it depends, right? Like you had a very public persona, but at the same time, your public persona was in the streaming space. So it gives you an in to talk about what you feel you need to talk about. And a lot of people wrote you off as you're just his girlfriend. But at the end of the day, you're also somebody who has experienced cancellation. Yeah. But let's go backwards and let's talk about that. You're just his girlfriend, right? The (laughs) people that are close to somebody know somebody. Now, sometimes people are blinded by who they think they know versus true intention. But is there not credence to somebody going, hey, I actually know this person deeply, truly. And what they're doing is not what you're saying is happening, right? Isn't there credence to knowing somebody on such an intrapersonal level that you're vouching for them? So to write that off as you're just a, like, yeah, and you're just a dude with 10 followers on the internet, but here we are, right? So you got written off a lot. I, I think how to be a supportive partner, it just depends on the person you're with. I know for me, it, it almost was like my borderline personality and depression spiked at a really terrible time. Mm-hmm. And it so for you, it was a lot of kicking into what you learned about my mental health and really leaning Very on, hard. leaning on the knowledge that you had learned and, and just keeping an open pathway for communication. I went into lethargy. I was suicidal after cancellation, but I have mental health illnesses. You know, I, I, I struggle on a daily basis on a good day more than the average person. So during a cancellation where I feel like everything I've built and everyone I've loved hates me. Yeah. I was on a really rough path. How do you support somebody? Well, you can't force them to be happy. You can't force them to like snap out of it. You can be there for them and honestly keep going about your day. I think that was the best thing that ever helped me was you through, and I didn't see it at the time, but through action showing me that the world continues to spin, whether people on the internet hate you or not. And that's not a green card for people to like actively piss off the internet, but it is saying if you are like what you feel like wrongly canceled or something, the internet like, isn't the end of the world. There are people around you, hopefully. Right. And the world keeps on spinning. And that was hard for me. And to this day, that sometimes still, I still have a twinge of like frustration because there are a lot of friends I haven't talked to since that incident, which was five months ago, but the world has kept spinning and it's, you know, Christmas just passed and all this stuff. So how to support them is honest, open communication, and then just be sure to keep the day going and, and not blame them or guilt them. I think that's something else that people could fall into. Um, don't don't blame them. Don't guilt them. Like, hey, it's been three weeks already. Shouldn't you be better? Or, or you know, are we ever going to move past this? Like, people experience trauma and grief very different ways. And situations like this mirror the emotions of grief so closely because you don't understand who's been cut off from you or who's left you or abandoned you. And you have to think of, like, 
stability for your life financially, your your job, your profession, right? Like if someone hates you at your nine to five job, like who cares? You're still getting paid. Even then, sometimes it's hard. Like yeah. it's still if you have hard. anxiety, like you can have panic attacks before you even go. Right, yeah, yeah. and it's still hard. Like you can go to your job and blah, but your ability to be paid and to do your job and to be there and to exist isn't reliant on your likability which when you're a content creator a lot of 100 percent. yes a lot of your pay your everything is reliant on how likable you are so cancellation feels like the end of your career which it isn't like (laughs) having division like that in what you're doing and having people who are the antithesis of you is actually really important because part of that means that you've made it. And I think that's the the big takeaway that I learned from the stream coach cancellation was like, people hate it, but also sentiment, you know, six months later, a year later, wherever we are now is very different versus when everyone was hating on it. Maybe I don't have Lyric and Broman and all these other people talking about it anymore, but my business has blown up and stuff has, I think it's anything in life that you do that has a level of success has a level of antithesis to it because negativity and antithesis is just antithetical anti what you're doing. Essentially. It means that there are people who believe exactly opposite of what you believe, which is totally normal because everyone's an individual. So as hard as it is, it's difficult to be the person who personifies this is a a thing that we should have in our world. And it's really hard to say and to harden yourself against all the hate and to say, I stand for this because it's hard to be disliked as a human being, but also it's really important. Like all of the people who are big in the past didn't get there by being loved by everyone. They were hated so bad and that level of hate comes with the level of love too. They're both yin and yang. I mean, it's interesting because we, as people, I, I firmly believe 50% or more of people that are on Twitch, like streaming and broadcasting, are people that struggle with and mental illness, at least one, whether that's depression, seasonal depression, anxiety, whatever. And, and then you have internet relationships, friendships, which happen... Pretty, I mean, that that is Twitch. That is the Twitch and Twitter experiences. You find friends that you love that are on other parts of the planet. And the minute one person attacks you, it feels like all ties to all those people have been severed. You don't know who to trust. You don't know who's on your side. Because a lot of the times, mm-hmm. the people that are on your side don't say anything. Or they, they might DM you. They might not. And so you feel like everyone hates you. And not only does everyone hate you, but everyone hates you in an industry where getting hosts, getting raids, getting sub gifts from your other favorite streamer buddies, getting tweeted out and and retweeted by your favorite streamer friends, all that is important and integral to growth on the platform. The minute you think you've lost all of that, it really can send you to rock bottom. And if if we're going to reference somebody, you know, Gothic's model went through the exact same thing this year and... She put herself, she was in the same spot. She considered some really dark things and she went to therapy, got her head on straight and, you know, bless her. Like she's, she's a great human being. So, but, but because that divide, like you're already divided from your friends, right? If somebody doesn't talk to you for 10 days on Twitter, you, it's easy to think that they hate you. So couple that with, with 
a bunch of other people hating you like on mass. And it's so easy to think the world has abandoned you for dead and that it's over. It's done. And when you couple that with, you know, what other people go through it, I guess the biggest thing here is think about the other side always, even mm-hmm. if you don't want to, right. Even if it's an ugly thing, think about the other side, approach everything with patience and tolerance. Um, because when it becomes you and if you're going to be a big streamer, it will, when it becomes you and you're canceled, you'll wish that people had patience and tolerance for you. Uh, you'll wish that people thought about your side of the story instead of the side that was woven together through the words of others. You didn't even need to continue that there. He's saying like, you'll wish they had patience and tolerance for you. That was the end. I mean, that's, that, sometimes that's the strict truth. I feel like in podcasts, it's good to just like cut it off halfway because it's way more. Maybe. It's like. <laughs> You drop a bomb every time. Yeah. Let's get into our next topic, which is how our streams have changed. Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, I quit for a while. Yeah, we both made a lot of changes over the last year. Mm, So mm. cancellation was a huge lesson for both of us. But then also, based on that cancellation, I think we both kind of like changed our trajectory and changed our, our goals. Right. So you want to talk about yours first. How has your stream changed from January 2019 to December? If we want to go back a little further of like December of of last year, you know, I was a Warframe partner still clinging on to Warframe, which, you know, when you play one main game for a long time, you just kind of spiral. So I started diving into variety going into uh, 2019 I started going into more variety. I started going into like Nintendo games and I specialized in Nintendo for a long time. There were, there was about two months where I played nothing but Stardew Valley and my numbers skyrocketed to like 120 viewers every day, every morning. Cause it was like a 10 AM stream. You know, my schedule went from night to morning to midday to night to it flopped everywhere. It went from like Nintendo centric to, okay, I'm going to do art streams on weekends. And eventually after the cancellation, I quit. I called it. I I was not in love with streaming or the community anymore. I did not know who to trust. I did not know who cared. And I did not feel appreciated in a space where everybody talks about tolerance and love and, you know, all this other stuff. It felt like this antithesis, this betrayal of trust and, you know, I did, I was over it. I, I, anytime I would start up stream later and it was like August or September, anytime I would start up stream though, I just felt devoid of, of like passion of loving it. I would start stream up and look at the clock and be like, I cannot believe it's only been 30 minutes. I cannot wait for this to be over. And I would end stream early and I would skip streams and I was done because I hadn't healed from cancellation and I didn't know what I wanted for my life. So I took a lot of time off. I took a month off. I just disappeared. I like canceled a few streams. I did one stream in November and then I did another stream on like November 9th. And I basically disappeared for 30 days. I stopped. I wasn't on Twitter. I wasn't. I, I was barely on Twitter. I was barely on Instagram. And I, I just vanished. I didn't love it. And I didn't feel like I owed anyone a damn thing. And for a while, I was admittedly spiteful, and I knew I my community was probably worried, but I just couldn't bring myself to admit that maybe I had actually fully been canceled off the platforms and that, like, the Sith Lords of the Internet had won. Um, 
And during that time off, I was able to explore music and I took time away from myself because I was like, maybe I start a blog and write games journalism articles, or maybe I go back to doing like real life vlogs and YouTubing and, or maybe I go into music and I couldn't commit to anything because I was scared to commit to something. So I went in and I tried music production and I went after that for a bit and realized that I had an ear and I like this and I had already made a pretty okay living off of, you know, Twitch and using video games as a way to connect with human beings and show them that they shouldn't be ashamed of whatever they're struggling with or going through or were even born into or with. Um, music is more ubiquitous. Music is large and in charge and music is powerful. And I found out I had an ear and I am okay with learning something like music theory and that I was pretty okay at it. And so I started taking samples and mixing and learn every YouTube video I could devour uh, about hip hop and rap music and beat making. And I took all of that. I condensed it down and I started pursuing that. And I got a retail job. I'm not ashamed to admit that I started working at target again, $13 an hour at target. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy work. It's easy labor. It sucks because it's a waste of my time and I'm not enriching anyone's lives really immensely, but I was working retail trying to discover myself. And, uh, I've only recently come back to streaming in the past like month doing either Pokemon streams or streaming music, uh, making beats and producing those beats and either it's mixing samples and layering stuff or producing completely original content live and getting feedback from the audience and making all of this. Cause I'm making a ton of stuff for an album being able to do all of that. My stream was so different at the beginning of last year. I was basically, you know, just going with the flow and being a content creator and being like, well, I'm on Twitch. So I have to stay on Twitch. And now this year I'm looking at releasing two albums before TwitchCon 2020 performing shows here in Houston, performing shows at TwitchCon. Uh, maybe even going to Europe this year and trying to get stuff done that way. Things are very different now for me. And uh, I think personally, um, it's, it's a welcome change because I think that when you stream for so long, you end up just sort of streaming and you, you kind of get trapped as a variety streamer, especially you wish you had a game that you could like lock down and be like, this is my main game to grow in that community. But then when you have a main game, you get bored and wish you could go anywhere else and do anything else. And I found something I'm truly passionate about music. Music's the backbone for me personally, uh, streaming the music that I'm creating on Twitch is just a bonus. And I can't wait to quit target and continue doing you know this a full time because I've I found my flares like reignited and I'm like ready to to go like and do because again because like if if chat's dead while I'm streaming I'm making music I don't really care if chat's there because I'm just engrossed in what I'm doing it's awesome mm-hmm. if they're there because I can chat with them and get their feedback and responses uh and and so like you know music becomes the backbone uh and Twitch is the secondary thing and I think that's really important and that leads into diversification a bit of like if Twitch isn't the primary thing, it doesn't undergo so much pressure. So you don't have to just like Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. You can, I'm making music and Twitch is this thing that I can still have fun with. And when you have, when you start having fun 
things start to feel better and people start to enjoy your stuff more. And so earlier we talked about how I had this viral tweet, which is where all my cancellation came from. Right. And I said, stream three days a week, YouTube twice a week, have a podcast episode, do like all of these, uh, like have social media, make sure that you're just, you're discoverable beyond just which because discoverability and streaming sites is really bad. Discoverability anywhere is like crazy. Right. But whenever you think of like what you were just saying and. You left me for so long. I need to like say that you, you guys didn't see it. She went to use the restroom and I just had to keep ad living. (laughs) I started 20 minutes. (laughs) You did really good. I'm good at talking. Yeah. Mm. You did great. So. Whenever you have like all of this, all of this content going out, right? Like you, you have this presence everywhere and you're trying to like have this value beyond just my stream. Uh, it's really difficult. What people need coaches for. <laughs> I mean, that's a hard thing, right? Maybe. Cause like even, even me, myself, when I, when it, when it comes to diversification, I'm good at content. I'm good at knowing what people like, like, and that's not showboating, but like, and when it comes to Instagram and how to be effective on platforms, because there's a difference between being ubiquitous and being everywhere and truly being places and being able to make content that people go like, Oh, that's because like you, I can get on Instagram stories and be like, Hey guys, showing up to work today, deuce. And like, it's not, nobody cares. People are going to start skipping that. So how do you continuously make content that pulls back to your brand and makes you ubiquitous and a force to be reckoned with and a force to be recognized versus just some dude that you always skip by and don't read his tweets? And For the longest time, we all thought that and and this is <laughs> this is not new news, but all of us thought that streaming on Twitch required seven days a week, like 12 hour culture. streams. However, yeah. you look at these. These stream hustlers, and they're crushing it. They're absolutely killing it. But at the same time, like, they're not at all because they're not growing on any other platform at all. They're not taking all of these, like, tens of thousands of subscribers that they have and applying them to making sure that they're diversified at all. At all. So they're only streaming, which means that if they're not showing up, they are absolutely screwed. Can I expose you? Yeah. So, I mean, like, you worry about other people that do content about, like, Twitch advice. And you're always like, their YouTube channel's better than mine. And I'm like, yeah, but they're just doing YouTube. You're doing seven things. You're on Twitch. You're podcasting. You're on YouTube. You're building a business. You're building a brand. So, like, also when it comes down to comparison, like, be sure you're comparing adequately if you do it at all. If you're just going to compare two Twitter numbers, okay, sure. But what else is going on behind the scenes, right? I think it's really important that diversification, like because Twitter isn't everything and Instagram isn't everything and YouTube's not everything. And it, because, and, 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 and I said Twitter, Twitter's everything. Uh, cause, cause any of these platforms could melt in the sun tomorrow. Basically, uh, you know, Twitch in Europe mm-hmm. could get banned because of their strict like laws regarding like third party content and video games. Like, these things have pitfalls, so be everywhere. Be as many places as you can. Um, and, and, and that also maybe helps with that like comparison that everybody feels. But Yeah. So to wrap up, how has your stream changed? 
My stream, I just talked about how it's changed. You're on alcohol. Okay. So. Do you want me to talk about how mine? You can talk about how your stream has changed while I go pee since you're garbage and you (laughs) left me by myself. I had to pee. I have to pee too. (laughs) Well, this is going to be in the podcast. I know how it feels. He does. Okay. Hello. So. We are, for those of you listening in the podcast, we are now filming this on Instagram. For those of you on Insta who just joined us, what up? We are filming a podcast episode. Hello, Rick. Hi, Raymond. It's so good to see you. Hi, Jordan. What's up? Hi, Chickory. Good to see you. So this podcast god i love this podcast i miss this show so much we have not filmed this like nearly enough in the last few months uh here has here's what we've talked about just so far in the episode uh we wanted to do just to like wrap up this year we wanted to do an episode about dylan and me my partner he talked about his cancellation my cancellation, how to support a partner through a cancellation. He talked about how his stream changed. I want to talk about how my stream changed, though. So I'll get there. I mean, it changed mostly just by ending. No. <laughs> no. So I started the year off very strong. The beginning of the year, especially January, this was a very, very work-heavy beginning of the year for me and beginning the year my expectation for the continuation of it was oh my god I'm gonna be working 14 15 18 hour days for the rest of the year which is just which at the time you were kind of content with though to be fair I was for life reasons right yes we'll get there I was and at that time, like work was my biggest love. Absolutely. It was my largest love. I love helping streamers and helping people figure out like why does their content suck and how do they not necessarily She's suck, had but wrong, how do, how so do they just... get more attention? How do they how do they grow their communities? How do they do stuff that people actually care about, right? Because that's so different than just doing stuff. And I Empowering. I, I mm-hmm. I love the idea of helping people so much. So I started the year on this really high note of I've been working on this ebook since I think I I was working on it since October 2018. And it was in the pipeline for four months or five months. And I didn't really work on it at all. When I started working on it, I got it done in like two months or something. Finally, finally, finally. So we got to that level where we had almost finished the book. I had a release date for March 19th, which was my birthday. That was my 29th birthday, 2019. And we, I, I remember waking up on the, the morning of the 19th and recording the, the audiobook. Ugh, God, yeah. That same morning, recording the we whole We both did last-minute audiobooks. That's a and terrible we, idea. Well, it, that's kind of how products work. Mm. And then you release it exactly on time because 
What's what's the rule? Pavlov's rule? No. Any, what's the rule? Pavlov? No. No. Pavlov. Pavlov. Pa- that's a law, though. Anyways. Pat so, Flynn's law. You already hear. Pat Flynn's law. There it is. We're talking about like Murphy's law. Anything that can go wrong, kind of thing. No, it's it's the law where uh, a project's like timeline will expand oh. or contract to fill the space that it has. That's some business stuff. You should subscribe yeah, to her because I, I don't know if she's talking about it right now. There it is. I know mental so. health stuff real good, but not that business stuff. Anyways, so <laughs> that was that, that was the the timeline exactly. We finished it up exactly as it launched, and so whenever I'm like releasing this ebook, I'm also keeping up with the podcast, the YouTube channel, yeah. the Instagram. You're getting like really regular posts the, around everything. this time. Everything, like, I'm like going. everything is popping off super hard. And it was absolutely beautiful to feel all of those things launch at the same time as like a level of productivity that I really miss. I truly, truly enjoy I moved in making and she can't sure that I'm like no leveling, more, you know? leveling all of that stuff up. And I thought like 2019, yes, we're going to hit it all hard. And also that. So like April, May comes along. This dude comes into the picture and... We'll All talk of a sudden, about how I don't that talk happened more for like later. five months. No, we're not, not in this episode. Maybe if they want another episode. What? We're going to skip all that? That's such a good in- episode. See what so, I did? Yeah. So I, cre- I, I, make, I, I make all of this stuff, and then we get to launch of the ebook. We, I, I keep going for like a month or two months. My first time in my life I've ever created a product and got this like massive influx of money and just been like, whoa, like money can be easier than assigning your worth to a company for eight, nine, ten dollars an hour, right? Or just an grinding hour. On or just for grinding, a dollar for grinding, one grinding, grinding. Yeah, like <laughs> I remember those days of whenever I was a quote unquote full time streamer working for like twenty dollars an hour. So even then, like that's pretty good, but working for, you know, maybe I'd get one tip or like a couple of subs that day and thinking like, I'm fine. I'll be fine because maybe tomorrow I'm going to get, you maybe, know, yeah, maybe. this was before sub you gifting on, was you a thing. You hopes but like, and dreams for dinner. That's what you Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you really do whenever you're at that level. And I totally get that. So I got past that. We got together. And then six months, I basically didn't do anything. You can look at my like YouTube output on that website I showed you the other day, and it was it's yeah. absolutely terrible. Yeah, right. I, I went from from creating like four videos to, like, a week to like a one month. a month. Yeah, it was so bad. It was so bad because it's very easy when you. Have, this is what I learned, honestly. When you have a life change like that, whenever you have this this relationship that ended and then you go into this other relationship that's beginning any (laughs) any lifestyle change is going to have its own adjustment period and so this might not be true for everyone but at least for me it's really important to give yourself the time to rest and to let yourself realize this is an adjustment period i'm not going to be able to get everything out like i was before i'm not going to be at my most productive because i'm literally moving things into my new place or i'm i'm going out to eat with my new partner and i'm trying to like adjust to all of these changes in my life and so having a backlog of content to where you can make sure that things are still consistent 
is really important. And I've talked about this multiple times in streams, <laughs> the last two streams I've had the last two months, <laughs> is that it's okay to realize that you're not going to be consistent as a streamer forever and ever and ever. So all streamers should learn how to build themselves up to not be reliant on one platform solely. If you're on Mixer, on Twitch, on Caffeine, on literally anything, it doesn't matter. What matters is your ability to pay your bills because I can take six months off of streaming and it doesn't matter. And every streamer should be in the position because they have the power for that to take the time that they need to fulfill their new lifestyle change, which lifestyle changes don't happen super often, but you need to be prepared for them. I mean, I took 30 days off Twitch, and because of lack of diversification, I work at Target now. Yeah, but also now you know that diversification diversification is important and you should do it. So how to, to sum everything up, how has your stream changed? My stream, um, because it's not the primary income, it's not the primary like breadwinner for my life anymore. It's a more enjoyable experience. Uh, I had to take a large step back for my stream to figure out what about my stream was something like I, I got jaded. I got really jaded when when it becomes your full time income for over two years. You just kind of think like, oh, why can't I play whatever I want to play or why do people not appreciate me or why am I not as good as X, Y, Z creator? And literally having the Kanye West moment of being like, fuck it, I'm out and dropping the mic and leaving was really difficult and it cost me a lot, but it allowed me to have a moment of clarity where I went wow, this is what I miss about this. This is truly fun. I miss connecting with these human beings. I miss being passionate. Making music on stream is the most passionate thing I've done since I started streaming as an affiliate years ago and was hungry for arbitrary partnership. That's that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful because it's so easy, I think, when you're streaming consistently to get lost into the follow numbers or the the tips or the all the other like numbers that come with it but really when it comes down to life and your ability to be successful within it for whatever amount of time you're able to spend here it's how passionate are you about a thing because money can come from anywhere like attention can come from anywhere whatever you like all the numbers all the vanity metrics can come from wherever you want them to come from but your passion matters the most of all. And if that is not sufficient, if that is not fulfilling you enough, then all of those other things don't matter. You have to find whatever sets your soul on fire and figure out how to make that make you money. Because I guarantee you, whatever it is will make you money. You just have to figure out how to manipulate it to do so. And that sounds shitty because look, making money is not a bad thing. You need it. You got to pay your mm-hmm. bills. You got to eat food. So you can either guilt other people into feeling bad about like how they make their money, right? Like, or you can find your passion. You can pursue it. Even if like I'm making music, like how many there, there are like 10,000 songs uploaded to Spotify a day, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to put myself out there because it sets my soul on fire. I'm absolutely in love with making music and it's going to hopefully pay my bills and I'll be damned if I don't try. So it's, it's really important. Yeah. So let's talk about Hearthstone Gala. You're the worst. The minute you could get it, like, absolutely right. The heart support, how we met. 
Uh-huh. The first time ever. Yeah. So if you guys don't know Heart Support, it's a wonderful nonprofit uh, organization that does a lot of charity work for mental health, does a lot of free resource giveaways, um, has a wonderful forum, heartsupport.com, for uh, people who are struggling. They just want people to know they're not alone. That's their, mm-hmm. that's their whole focus and goal. Um, they invited Ashney and I, along with Kit Boga and Seth Drums, as the four only content creators to go out to uh, the gala, which was in Austin, Texas. I almost canceled because it was kind of expensive to rent like a bougie suit for a gala that I wasn't going to know anyone at. And even though mental health was like what set and it still sets my soul on fire, but in a very different like vein, um, I was like, okay, like last minute I'll go. So I go and I only know Dan and Casey from Heart Support's Twitch account, and they're the only individuals I know there. And I meet this goon who is like literally posting an Instagram story as she walks up to us. That's uh, what a fucking full circle moment here. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so like event, we don't know each other very well, but we decide to get lunch. Like, let's just get lunch and hang out and like see what's up. And we both share some pretty personal stories and, and like just pretty glow. We grow pretty close. We get, we leave, we get ready for the gala. We come back to the gala dressed up fancy. We hang out the gala. They have a lot of guest speakers who are very powerful, motivated individuals who tell their stories about, um, suicide and mental health awareness. And I cry, she cries. They have an after party. We hang out a bit. She gets an Uber home. I, leave that was kind of that was supposed to be it um the gala was an impactful moment for me to see what charity is really like what charity really does to hear the statistics surrounding like mental health and 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 you know because the heart support gala was organized by metal bands and metal musicians and to Mm -hmm. see that suicide and mental health awareness can touch content creators can touch metal bands can touch people who don't even exist in either of those two spaces and see how ubiquitous that was, was really powerful for me, but it also kind of showed how powerful it is to bond with people over something that is so uh, gut wrenching and so vulnerable and and open. Um, So yeah. Do I move on to St. Jude or do I just, yeah. Okay. So I, we went to St. St. Jude. I didn't realize it, but I, I board my flight to go to St. Jude. It takes me to Dallas, I think. And at Dallas, I find her waiting as well. She apparently got a flight from Austin to Dallas and we were both going Dallas to Memphis. And because we hung out at the gala, she, we sat together and chatted with a bunch of the other wonderful content creators who were supporting people, uh, who were, who were supporting St. Jude really. Um, and going to Memphis to to meet and visit with the kids, tour the hospital, and understand and really see firsthand what fundraising for St. Jude was about. So we uh, hung out literally the entire St. Jude Play Live Summit. It like the only time we were apart was when I was sleeping, and the occasional like party because we definitely after each day went out and had drinks with a bunch of the people oh, and had good was, dinners what and was that bar the the mom and pop one like yeah. down the road i don't remember yeah, yeah. what was that but i know it's just a Westies. straight shoot it was it's Westies. shout out to Westies. oh i'm so excited <laughs> um, we get to go back we kind of had our group so we would just hang out but 
Uh, do I talk about how like we got together or no? How personal are we getting? I don't understand. Um, are we just talking about is this well, going into content creation? <laughs> yes, always. That's yeah. always our goal. I mean, we always. Get to the point yeah. of like why charity is really important for success and growth. So anything that like leads into that, I, mean, I can point. talk like incredibly interpersonally. I mean, realistically, going to going to St. Jude, hearing the stats about what we do, but also hearing the stories from content creators meeting children, seeing children and hearing mm-hmm. about all of those stories. And then all of us going out for drinks and bonding interpersonally and sharing our own personal experiences and showing kind of our true colors mm-hmm. and being human beings. Instead of content creators, the walls come down and you become humans. You just become people. It doesn't matter what your numbers are. It doesn't, we hung out with people like space boy and it didn't matter. The metrics didn't matter. So, Content creation and charity go hand in hand, and charity is so incredibly important for you're the worst. Uh, <laughs> it's so incredibly important for content creation because standing for something is important for human beings. We see this in new ages with with companies, right? Gillette does their thing, Burger King does their thing. That doesn't make a lot of sense. We see companies, big brands, taking stances on things, whether you agree with the stance or the commercials or not. They're standing for things. Why is that? Because standing up for things matters to humans, to consumers, to people, to followers. They want to f- followers and and your community or who you are feel like they want to belong to stuff and you belong to something. You personify a belief for them. And so going to St. Jude and being able to recant an experience and talk from your heart about why it's important that we raise money, going to the Heart Support Gala and talking from my heart about why mental health was so important, communities rally around you. And not only that, but the people that you made interpersonal connections with will rally around you a whole lot faster. So it, it's it's mm-hmm. really, really, it, it's cool to see. And I think it's incredibly important, especially in, in this day and age where you kind of do need to have a niche and stand out and stand for something. You can't be too middling because you become white noise. So to to stand okay. with a charity and not just stand with a charity to for personal gain, but to stand with a charity, truly believe in them. Uh, and, and really go see the experiences, see the sites, and and to have that matter and to impact your life, that'll always benefit you. There's no negatives to that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the connections, from the other casters or people that you meet to the stories that enrich how you tell stories and how you communicate effectively with others, or just even the way you spend your time. I know St. Jude and Heart Support Gala both impacted the way we spend our time yeah, uh, and, totally. and the way that we see time management. You know what's... What's strange is, like, I feel that any time in any community, everything is cyclical, right? Mm -hmm. Like, everything comes back, and everything is terrible, and then great, and then terrible again, and then great again. And that's just, that's kind of how everything works. And so to have this... It's like a Disney movie. It's a bad one. Very much a bad one. Tangled. What? Uh... (laughs) Tangled's actually, so I, good. I, Tangled's never, I never saw that. I think I would really like it, actually. <laughs> I digress. So we're in this space in content creation right now where I feel like a lot of the people who are popping off, especially on Twitter, um, a lot of the people who are like their their brands are blowing up. They're like very funny awesome. girl, you know, cute, hilarious, meme video style is amazing but also it doesn't have a 
uh, a charity incentive. Like it, it doesn't have a charity focus at all. It, it doesn't really care about anyone outside of themselves, which is fine because up until a certain point, like you have to care about yourself and your family, right? Sure. But one should always come first, right? But then there's also a level where there's a respect for people who are able to bring a charity into that entire process. And then there's also once you get to, okay, we realize, you know, you have the, the cognizant level to understand that we're at this point where we need to care about other things that you inject all of the deeper meaning into your brand and into your content. And I feel like a lot of what, at least what I'm seeing now is it's just, funny, memey, good, good stuff, like hilarious stuff. But at the same time, it doesn't serve a deeper purpose it beyond just I'm entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. It, well, and there's, there's a level of like, it's the, kind of vapid to just be an entertaining yes, person. Cause the yes. next time the next entertaining person comes by, you're dust in the wind. Mm-hmm. People need to cling yeah. to belief and they need to cling to, you know, like, oh, I, I belong in this community because we believe in this collective thing. But if you're, I like this person because they're funny, that goes away so fast. Yes. And you have to keep inventing the wheel to constantly be funny. Mm-hmm. And that's not bad to be funny. And it's not bad to constantly reinvent the wheel. But if that's all you're doing, you are spending a lot of creative energy on a battle you will eventually lose. Totally. So having, like, deeper belief or meaning, yeah. Definitely yeah. gives people just something more and, and and gives you more of a base and gives you and charity can be that. And it should be that, honestly, at some point, at least once a year. Having a belief system beyond like what you're doing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Let's talk about this is our last topic. How are you changing in twenty? Patience. I mean, after oh. being canceled, you just <laughs> learn patience. Like you just learn that, like, wow. Not everything is as it seems. And we get told that as kids a lot, but growing up and then people coming at you with active pitchforks, it like, it gives you this perspective of like, maybe not everything everybody says is believable. And maybe if I hear something, I should second guess whether that lines up with my own experiences. Maybe I should do research and taking that into 2020, going into an industry like music where beefs and rap battles and worse are like super prevalent and people are talking about other people's mu- music bluntly and negatively, mm-hmm. I'm ready for all the feedback because I'm going to be making content and music that is going to ruffle feathers and I'm not willing to sacrifice my story for your comfortability and and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. it, like... I was really shaping in 2019 and, and, you know, despite being in a suicidal place, I didn't, I didn't end anything. You know, I only kind of rose out of that to the occasion. So for me in 2020, it's all music. It's two albums before the end of the year. It's playing. I want to play over 10 different venues, super easy, attainable. Uh, I'm going to set goals that I want to personally be able to achieve. No more of this. Like I want to reach 400 subs or 500 or a hundred concurrent viewers. Those are metrics that are beyond my actual influence and control, period. It doesn't matter how good my content is. I don't have control over whether 100 people watch or 500 people sub. So what can I control? The stuff that I do. So how many albums am I putting out? How many times am I going to go to open mics? How many different locations? How many different states? Um, what am I going to do to control my life? And, 
I'm not, I'm not going to have a thicker skin. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not about having a thicker skin. Anyone that tells you have a thicker skin is somebody who doesn't understand how human beings work. I think on like a really fundamentally level, uh, or fundamentally like incredibly powerful and important le- level. But I think to me, it's about digesting feedback and realizing what is important and trimming the fat. What's important feedback? What are you trying to say? Okay, I will ingest that use it next time. The rest of it is nothing. Are you saying nothing but vapid ad hominem attacks? Okay, I'm out of here. You know, do you not like my music? Is it just not for you? Okay, I'm out of here. Next. Wow, you know what? I made a lot of dumb faces just now. Yeah. But I, I think that there was a lot of credence to that in that constructive criticism is good, but straight up criticism is garbage. If you're not saying anything important, I unfortunately don't have the time to spend listening to your garbage. Yeah. Like, if you want to tell me how to improve, or if you want to tell me it's not for you, cool. We can have that conversation. If you're going to tell me that it's trash, you can go off somewhere, because that doesn't help me in any way, and I'm not willing to engage you and help you to be a better person. I ain't got time for that. So, uh, and that sounds really mean, but, you know, at the end of the day, how is my how am I changing for 2020? It's getting back into content full-time as well, in a way that is exciting and energetic for me, and Going back to being my own boss, I'm going to quit this Target job by the end of January because I love working Target at 27 years old um, as oh God, just a regular so employee. I, I am young, but it quickly for- turns into 40 and 65. I forget that you're a baby. <laughs> I am wise. Um, but but I think I think for me, it's really important that I set these goals. I can I can quit by the end of January. Uh, I can play all these venues. I can be passionate. The last thing I want to do going into 2020 is uh, live. Don't waste time in that. That's something I think we always say and we always take for granted, but like knowing how close I was to death this year and how close I was to wanting like to be done with myself and, and life I don't really want to spend a lot of time wasting time. There's it's okay to take don't confuse hustle with relaxation and, and taking a moment. Um, you know, there are times like Christmas day where it's okay to spend 10 hours playing star Wars games, but then knowing that like, okay, I need to put in maybe three hours of work and then maybe four hours of, of gaming today, you know, maybe take a little bit of time towards the end because hustle culture will burn you out. You'll hate everything. So learning how to define my line between hustle and, productive work that doesn't send me into a spiral is uh, a journey I'm willing to go on this year. Cause I think what I talked about at the pre-show is we need to be more willing to set journeys and not goals. We need to be more willing to put ourselves on paths of exploration instead of going, I achieved a thing next because we oftentimes as a people are constantly going, I achieved a thing. I feel empty still. What's the next thing? And we chase things just to feel mm. like we are filling okay, ourselves wait. up a little bit. But human nature is I make my bed in the morning because it enables my brain to say, ooh, cool, what's next? That's the the question that comes after every goal, which is the problem with setting goals whenever you uh, are at the beginning of a year. You set a goal and you reach the thing. Maybe most of us don't because like 92% of New Year's goals or New Year's resolutions go unachieved. But regardless like when you do achieve the thing your your goalpost gets moved every time which is not problematic the problem is never being able to achieve 
you know, your handful of goals that you set for yourself for whatever recommended amount of time. And then you believe you can't achieve anything. And then your self-efficacy is like, whoa, I can't achieve anything. So I'm never going to trust myself to like stick to this diet, to go work out, to achieve this professional goal, to achieve this relationship goal, to do anything. So you never think that you can achieve whatever. But the difference is understanding, I think, that self-efficacy is the number one goal versus just achieving a specific numeric goal or, or whatever. Like, you can achieve whatever you want, but your ability to believe that you can achieve what you want is what's way more important than anything else. Having that belief in yourself and, and having a, a relationship with yourself, I think, is... I think, Egg. yeah, I mean, you, you targeted like a very specific example of how things can go south for people. But I, I know people that for years chase goals and then get upset when they don't achieve them. Or sometimes they just chase goals and they do achieve them, but it doesn't bring any satisfaction. And I think the thing, yeah, that we need to aim for is just an experience, a journey. Self-exploration needs to be embedded in everything that we set goals for. Not I need numerics because that will then impart something on me, but I want to achieve X, Y, Z because I want to experience what point A to point B truly feels like. So for me, what does it feel like to get on a stage and hear my lyrics in my headpiece and hear other people bob their head to that? What does it feel like to go to TwitchCon and be known as making music instead of just content? What does it feel like to have an album that has X many listens or have that brings people into the stream that share their stories of how I touch them. How, how does, how does that experience and journey feel? Not just, can I do it? I don't care if I can or can't. It's not about yes or no. It's not dichotomy of your ability to will something to existence. Mm. It's, it's a to B the can or can't is completely irrelevant to your existence. It really is because you are going to fail things. You are going to fail things. And the can't doesn't mean that you were bad because you learned something. I guarantee you every time you failed, you learned. And then you went on and you maybe failed again. Maybe you achieved again. The can or can't isn't a make or break. It's irrelevant to the journey of life. You go through your life and you could fail a hundred times. But if we look at like the history of people that become billionaires, they became billionaires at like 60. They failed for like 50 years mm-hmm. and made yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So if we're talking about the can or can'ts defining us, No, whether you did or did not complete your task isn't necessarily defining. It's whether you set it and then went after it and stayed on a path, whether your path deviated. When we talk about content, I started as a skateboarding YouTuber. Skateboarding. How many of you guys knew that? Nine of you. And then how many of you are in the podcast? (laughs) Uh, You know, and then I went on to, okay, let's do Let's Plays. And then, okay, let's do podcasting. And then, okay, let's do Twitch. And now I'm on music. And, And if music's where I end... That's the journey. It wasn't whether I did or did not do those things successfully. It's that they brought me here regardless, period. Mm-hmm. The can or can'ts are not the defining moments. It's just your pivot from those, those points. We're going to have a moment. We're going to have a talk in like 20 minutes about self-efficacy <laughs> and how your belief in your ability to achieve is important. I, I, yeah, I'm not saying your belief is not important. You're, but again, your belief shouldn't be hinged on whether you did or didn't do it. Like, ah, my, you know, I, I didn't put 
an album out this year. Okay, do I believe I can do it? Do I believe I can do it because I didn't do it this year? Some people. Right, like but, but uh, I guess I'm saying that's a very narrow path to go on, and that's a whole, like, that could be an episode, the dichotomy of, like, whether you can or can't. I think people do need to believe they can, but that doesn't have to come from achieving alone. I think self-empowerment doesn't have to come from I did it and I proved it to myself, so now I know I can do it. I think because if you're relying on the fact of if you're relying on success to tell you you can keep doing things, I think you're going to fall into a pit because a mm-hmm. failure is going to mm-hmm. tell you that you can't do things. Ask me how I'm changing. In you want me to wrap this up? Yes, I do. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. Okay. How are you changing in 2020? Doesn't even have an answer. Like she just sits. I just answered. Slack jawed. I just answered. Business. That's not a change. That's the same. That's well. That's my motivation. There you go. But also, but 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 also content. I've definitely slacked on content. Like we talked about earlier, was my change from uh, being very very. Just lots of output, lots of production in the very beginning of the year. Released my ebook March 19th, 2019. And then kind of like May fell off the content train. And even while I created a product that entire time, I was outputting all of this stuff, right? Like I had this entire, oh my God, I had the YouTube, the the podcast, the streams, and also I was working on the ebook, which was great at the time because I had a I had a relationship that didn't exist basically, and so I was able to make all of this stuff that I had all of the time that I wanted to have to to content, and I was in a very fortunate position, right? Because I didn't have a full time job, I didn't have a relationship that wanted time for me, I didn't have like a family, I didn't have any of the I was single essentially for the biggest part of what I was trying to do. So now after going from that point to releasing the book, us getting in a relationship, me having to move, going from being this full-time streamer, making every single stream exactly on the dot, releasing everything on time. You never made to the point where the Oh I, Rook, are you still here? Tell me you're still here. How many times Hager did you just, just absolutely miss streams? Not often. Now, I missed one for the first, like, nine months or something. I have a hard time believing you were just, like, always on the dot of streams. I was. Somebody tell him. Someone's going to tell you that you were late. Trina, tell him. Okay, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 12 p.m. Central Standard Time, I was at stream every single day. I was not late to a single stream. I was was on time perfectly, even if that meant that... Maybe I went live at 12.10, like the the actual live times varied a little bit because I need water or I need to, you know, go do whatever. She was always there. See, Neon said true. Rook said yes. I was always there every single time. Well, I know what's changed in 2020. What changed in 2020 you, is I am don't know how to stream anymore. never alive. <laughs> Never live, yeah. The opposite. Rook, yeah. Rook said until you started fucking it up, which is true. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, well, like we me. used to play a until cute game. No, I think she was directing that at me. No, she was. She totally was like until no, you came in the she's picture. Really, no, she wouldn't do that to you. She and now like, that you're here, 
She's just worried about <laughs> D. That's on the podcast. Good luck cutting that out, oh, editors. God, mistakes. Not that this hard. was a big mistake. No, oh, I'm sober. Even now. the laptop streams, yes. So I. Uh, yeah. yeah, no more alcohol on my cup. So yes, I was there. Every this podcast. was like what pre-April. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before we started hanging out, every stream was there. Every me. podcast was there. Every YouTube episode was there. We were so on our. F- we were on it. We were on it. We created all the things. We made sure everything was out on time. It was boom, boom, boom. It was a well-oiled system. And I think into 2020, what I want to make sure that I do is I get back to that because I love the business side of everything. I love creating the product and, and that I Are want you back in love with streaming in that kind of way though. Uh, I don't know. I love making the products. I love making sure that like the back end stuff is there. That's really my passion. But I know that the top of funnel, right? That's where that that's where really where the sales come from. If I didn't have the like Twitter attention, YouTube attention, or stream it like stream attention doesn't really uh, technically it does lead to sales way better than anything else. Yes, but because it's literally I, in the sphere that yeah, you're be. But in. also I don't technically need it because the YouTube, the all the other outlets mm. are there. So I don't need to work forty hours a week, but sometimes it's nice. I love the <laughs> I love the idea of getting all of these other pieces out and making sure that all of the the content is out for the people who can't afford the yes. streaming or stream coach, the <sighs> yeah. the program, the courses, I the ebooks. Because that- now ever I, I've been in that financial situation many like my entire life. I wanna make sure that something is there for everyone and I feel like right now I'm not doing a good job at serving the people who do not have the money. So I think going into twenty twenty it's better it, it's it's more important to have because I think something you struggle with, I'm gonna call you out on, is energy conservation. So knowing when <laughs> knowing where to put your energy and then not squandering it in places that it doesn't need to go. So like do I need to post on social media today? Yes. Let me give myself twenty minutes to scroll. And then I'm going to do work and then I'm going to go to stream and then I'm going to and because so, like sometimes we sit down for lunch and we're like, oh, just one episode. And then we've binged all of The Witcher and we're like, I'll work tomorrow. Ha 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 ha. Like, mm. not that that's exactly how that happened, but like it's it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes uh, we don't create as rigorous of a schedule. Uh, so maybe one having the energy because streams take a lot of energy out of you. So how many days a week can you? actually do that and then do you schedule other things to work on during those days or do you go no today's a stream day i can't work on other things necessarily mm-hmm. so that i have that's the energy. exactly and what sticking, i did before was stream days right. where it's only stream i can't do anything before or after well except for like emails maybe a little light behind the scenes work but mm, nothing all, right. all the other days were like that's where the youtube filming the everything else came in Right. I think it's really important. Yeah, that that there's kind of a more. I mean, so we we went through like the honeymoon phase of a relationship, right, where we just always wanted to hang out and we still want to hang out a ton. And that admittedly affected your ability to work. There's nothing wrong with that. It 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 is what it is there. That's the reason I skip stream some days is like, man, these cuddles are nice. 
So, but going into 2020, it's about balancing us with the work. There's a dichotomy between finding that balance of like, I know you're not ignoring me. You know, I'm not ignoring you. We're getting appropriate amounts of time together and even taking impromptu time together. But you're also getting the right amount of work done for, for yourself so that you're not exhausted because there are days now where you go ham and you're like, I recorded eight videos today. And I'm like, how there are some days where you can't stream for 45 minutes. I don't understand. And so it's about finding like that, that balance again and, and podcasting YouTube so much easier than streaming. Uh, do you have any closing conversation uh, points you want to make for the podcast? Don't be a part of cancellation. Never be a part of cancellation. I don't care if you think somebody's terrible. Don't do it. What's mine? What's your like? What's your summary? Yeah, what's I don't know, that's not my true summary. What's my summary of 2019? What was your 2019 like? What do you mean no, summary? Are no, we doing what, like an end year review? Like, yeah, yeah. What's like my biggest lesson from 2019? It's okay to take personal time, but it's also okay to know when the when to get back on the horse, when to get back on it. And I think I I think you know 2020. I think you know when to get back on the horse. What's your real? What's, real one. Uh, God, my my real one is self discovery. We didn't touch on it enough, but it's. I was misdiagnosed when I was sixteen with bipolar disorder. I have borderline personality disorder. I learned a lot about myself. Bipolar I'm, was wrong. It was so wrong. <laughs> Not true at all. Uh, but it happens a lot. But I learned a lot about myself this year. I educated myself on how other people can best handle and deal with me. I learned about my own triggers and traits and how to rein myself in because mental illness is not an excuse for poor behaviors, period. It, it gives you more leeway, but it, it, if you're not actively trying to fix the problem, then it's a problem. That's it. Uh, but on top of that, it's learning about what my true passion is and to stop talking myself out of things. The music industry is huge and... I used to tell myself that I would never make it in music, but why, how would I know if I do not give it my all? Because how can you not give something your all and then be like, see, look, I didn't make it. Like, yeah, it's your own fault, dude. Obviously. You didn't you try it. give it your all. <laughs> right. So if you're going to do something, do it all the way or else, yeah, no, duh, you didn't make it. That's a beautiful note to end on, I think. Yeah, no, duh, you didn't make it. <laughs> Beautiful note. Okay. That's a okay. long podcast. Okay. Your subscribers are going to hate you. This was the longest show, not ever, that we've ever had. Oh, we're going to be a couple forever, so get prepped for these. Well, big mistake, listeners. Love y'all, Yum fam. That sounded like we weren't going to be a couple. <laughs> but uh, No, I mean big mistake is in they're going to have to listen to these. I think they probably so like this. Forever. You guys like this. Yeah, you're right. Say things. Um... Okay, y'all. Thank you so much. I hope that this was interesting to hear from my partner. Yeah, if you guys want to hear so like much, everything you Dylan. missed, because there were people on Instagram that maybe missed things. If you want to hear it all, well, stream Coach TV. The the Insta stream is going to continue for a little bit, just a little bit, not very long. But we're gonna. I wanted to be naked, man. <laughs> fuck y'all. We're almost there. Uh, but we're gonna end our our show our episode here yeah thank you all so much for hanging out with us thanks for listening to me ramble thanks for letting my partner come on for his first oh, like full partner episode i'm sure i sounded like every white man who's trying to educate you on stuff 
wrong. That's a shot at a lot of white men right there. I'm going to make someone mad, aren't I? You're privileged. Be quiet. <laughs> God. You're the worst. Yes. Actually, I like to start worst. fires, but like it's fires we both kind of want to okay. start. You know? Where can everyone find you? Nowhere, because I'm starting fires. <laughs> uh, uh, so, twitch.tv slash DylanKG, twitter.com slash DylanKG, and you'll be able to find me on Spotify soon under the username Niche, N-I-C-H-E. Make sure that y'all follow Dylan everywhere. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show already, make sure that you do that on your podcast player as well. We <laughs> will podcast. be back in the... <laughs> podcast listener podcast i don't know <laughs> your podcast hosting services around the globe uh, yes okay it's horrifying uh yep i <laughs> love y'all so much thank you we adore you uh thanks for supporting us and we will see you next week bye say bye <laughs>